Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Reda, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. We have a special guest today joining us on this episode, Jordan Angeli, former pro and broadcaster for the CONCACAF W Championship, to join us for this segment on our CONCACAF W Championship update and preview. We're going to be taking a deep dive on the United States women's national team against Jamaica. But first, a quick reminder for everybody, we're nominated for the best female hosted podcast category in the People's Choice Podcast Awards. We appreciate everything you all do for us, and we hope you enjoy our show enough to nominate us to advance to the final round. So to nominate Attacking Third, you've got to go to podcastawards.com slash app slash sign up and then toggle down to the female hosted podcast category. And the whole process takes less than 60 seconds. We've included the link at the top of the episode description as well. So go on over and help us out. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Attacking Third. We're also available as YouTube. Subscribe at youtube.com slash Attacking Third for previews, recaps, exclusive interviews, and of course, whenever we go live. Jordan, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you. I am excited to be here. Um, first of all, guys, congratulations. That's amazing. A very well-deserved nomination. And I'm going to take 60 seconds when I'm done with you and <laughs> vote. Because, Thanks so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's awesome. It's pretty cool to see what you can do. Um, gosh, how long have you guys been doing this? A year? A little over a year? Not even a year. July twelfth. We launched July twelfth. We covered the Tokyo Olympics. Um, We are over like two hundred and thirty episodes at this point, but we're almost at a year. So thanks, Jordan. That that means a lot. We're excited about this. We're really happy. It's been it's been a wild ride, and you know it makes it makes perfect sense that we're going to be ringing in our one year anniversary like in the middle of mm-hmm. this tournament, the CONCACAF W Championship, match day one in the books for both Group A and Group B. We're so excited to have you, uh, Jordan, with us to sort of just chat and pick your brain about what you saw because you are a huge part of this whole process. You're calling games. You're giving your insights. You're on the broadcast here with uh, within these group stages. Well, let's start with, with Group A here. We've got... Okay. Uh, I'd love to get your your thoughts on this because we had the United States uh, with a 3-0 win over Haiti. We're going to be doing a preview for them against Jamaica. Just mm-hmm. maybe some of your your insights to what you saw in this first match with the United States against Haiti. I 
I want to start with Haiti because I feel like this is a really young team and it is a team who has a lot of players who uh, played on that under 20 championship team that got to go to the World Cup. It was the first ever time that Haiti's national team has made it to a World Cup. So these young players are coming in and getting an opportunity. And you have to say they came in and they were ready to battle. And it was a little bit of a battle there. The way that they were playing, we knew it was going to be a lower block from them. But I think there's a couple teams in this, in these first couple of days that we saw that sat in a low block and sat in it pretty well and made it really difficult for opponents. And now I'm going to transition to the U S because that has been a difficulty for the United States. And something that they faced often is a really condensed, lower defensive structure from from an opponent and the ideas were there for me in that first game with the U.S. against Haiti it was just too slow for the United States Mm -hmm. it felt like mind you 94 degrees at kickoff there was I think it I, I can't remember what the humidity was we get a little bug at the beginning of the game it was a it was a hot game and you could tell the game livened up a little bit once the the sun the shade came over the field in the second half. But I just felt from the United States, um, it was a slow start and unfortunate because the last time they were in an international tournament, it was a slow start as well. So I think they, with all these new changes, we're seeing little glimpses of what it could be, but the energy and the, the drive to get after this Haitian side right away, I didn't feel like was really there. Yeah. You know, it's it's so I love that you brought that up because it's an important point to to, to bring up and, and mention this is because uh, it's, it's a storyline that's almost been following this team since mm-hmm. a year ago. Like you mentioned, it's just like this, the, the knowledge that, that this team has that they know that there's probably going to be moments where they go up against opposition and they're going to be facing those mid low blocks and where we've noticed with this team under Andonovsky that it's taken them a little while mm-hmm. to sort of unlock those things. And here they are in another big tournament with World Cup qualifiers on the line. Yeah. Uh, we're still starting to see that. And and that's that's a focus on, on the United States women's national team. I don't want that to be something I'm with you. Like, I love that you started with your takes on Haiti because yeah. that also yeah. speaks to Haiti and their game plan that we yes. saw within this game. I mean, the fact that we, we were, that's their Lisa's dark horse in this tournament. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I love about this team is the fact that they're able to make their in-game adjustments and mm-hmm. just look kind of seamlessly, just kind of flawlessly get into that. We saw them change formations about two or three times within this game. It was very, very, very impressive. So I'm, I'm I'm eager to see if uh, they end up sort of proving Lisa right in this one and, and end up sort they're, of shocking. They're just fearless. The yeah. They're fearless when they play. They and that's what makes them so dangerous because um, in a quick counterattack, they're going to stretch their opponent that they're playing against. We saw that happen to the United States. They put pressure on Becky Sauerbrunn, Alana Cook in the back line and stretched mm-hmm. them, got in behind. And Casey Murphy, goalkeeper for the U.S., was put under stress because of that. And that's what Haiti can do. Um, yeah. I was I was really impressed with Haiti, but I, yeah. I knew that that's what we were going to get from them. But I think that there could be a little bit more risk from the United States because I they do agree. look at their back line and look at their goalkeeper. Yeah. I know Casey Murphy got the start in this one, but all three of the goalkeepers that are on this roster should make big saves. That's what they have done game, week in and week out in NWSL. So I think that there could, they could be a little risky in moments um, with the pace of play, with some of their offensive um, 
movements where they're they're crossing lines, maybe bringing the wingers into that internal channel, using the outside backs to get a little bit higher. But I think we were most impressed. I, I love Dumanet for um, Haiti and what she can do in transition. This is a, a young 18-year-old who um, has really lit up in the in that with that U20 team and now is playing in France abroad and and Haiti is going to get goals I think they will I think that they're going to have opportunities against Mexico against Jamaica in their next couple of games mm-hmm. to utilize some of those transition moments that they showed that they were very dangerous in and get a couple goals in this tournament I mean they could have had two against the U.S. I know like very- oh my gosh could you guys believe the PK Oh. What are the odds? I want to know statistically the odds of hitting it off the post like that and it coming straight, straight back, back to, to the. Oh my goodness! I know. I was. Yeah, and you can, I was like, wait a second. It was so fun. You could even you see in the body that, language. But- in the body language too, she was like, "Can are you serious?" Like it was kind of like really like I can't. I'm not allowed to play this half for for her because the the red card getting called back. It was like that was a lot to handle. Hundred percent. Let's. We got to get your insights on the following games uh, Mm -hmm. as well here, um, because you're joining us for our 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 first half of of this episode. So I want to make sure everybody gets to hear your insights on each of these games that you've been (laughs) a part of. And I'm very eager to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, Jamaica one zero over Mexico to close out Group A's match one. Mm -hmm. So you've got United States and Jamaica now sitting one and two in Group A. Bunny Shaw. Connecting on goal for the reggae girls. Mexico missed opportunities throughout this match. Talk to me a little bit about Jamaica versus Mexico. I loved this game. I thought it was so much fun. Um, And we've seen, you know, I really felt like you see these, both these nations and the progress that they've had over the last couple of years. And I, you know, Mexico was really strong for a number of years in CONCACAF and has had fallen off. And I do feel like Liga MX Femenil and what is happening there and all these players playing consistently in a really good environment, you are seeing a lot of these players. I, I mean, then they have Herbera who's playing abroad in, in France, I believe. Um, so they have a lot of players who are really continuing to get better and make their impact. I thought Ordonez uh, playing in Andavisal, I thought she was really good and active for Mexico. But disappointing for them because it did feel like they were in really good spots. And, um, you know, you could see after the game, Stephanie Mayor and her reaction to Mm -hmm. the loss. And, um, you know, for her, I'm not quite sure if she'll get another chance after this qualifying round. So she really wants to make an impact here. And you could see the weight of that on her. But Jamaica is the same thing. They've grown because of their experience at the World Cup and what they've done afterwards and players getting to go play abroad and players um, getting in more competitive environments. And um, Bunny Shaw really came on the scene in that 2018. You know, people knew about her from college, but then to do it on an international level is a whole new thing. I liked this this Jamaica side and what they could do. They've added in a lot of um, players that actually are from England and Drew Spence, who was like so gritty and, and tough centrally um, that I really liked what she, what she did. And then defensively Spencer, the goalkeeper um, adds, adds just a, some presence and made a really big save. I think will be one of the best saves of the tournament when, mm-hmm. when it comes down to it. 
Um, but that's the the deal with these tournaments. If you get one chance, you got to capitalize. And when you have a player like Bunny Shaw, she's going to make the difference. I think the biggest thing in this this match between Mexico and Jamaica was um, Jamaica capitalized on all every chance that they got. Right, they, mm-hmm. the opening goal coming from Bunny Shaw early in this game really helped Jamaica and shift that momentum and give them that confidence boost throughout the rest of the ninety minutes. What eight, eighth minute or so came yeah. this early goal from eighth, Bunny Shaw. Yeah eighth minute. So looking at all my notes. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it, Jordan. Yeah, I've got my notebook. You've got your notes. We're all set here. And yes. and, and you mentioned Diana Ordonez for Mexico. Like she is one that had a great opportunity that should have yes. been a goal for Mexico. So as much as Jamaica capitalized on their chances and opportunities they were given, Mexico did not. Mm-hmm. It, it's they had the chances, right? They had opportunities. Yeah. They had good shots. And and yes, Jamaica had great saves. And as you mentioned, potentially save of this tournament incredible job but I I just keep thinking back to that Diana Ordonez uh, cross that came in and she went to head the ball and it, it honestly looks like it missed her head hit her shoulder as I'm watching this game live I was like wait how did that not go in mm-hmm. is there like a force field mm-hmm. like a, visually it didn't make any sense so it it's, comes down to those little tiny details and Mexico really couldn't capitalize on those opportunities Sandra I want to know your thoughts yeah on come on Sandra it's it, listen. I'm listening to you both talk. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, listen. I'm like, listen. I'm like, here's my homies going off saying all the correct things. But look, we should all be surprised here that they just this didn't end in like a two, three, three, four scoreline. Yeah, I mean, is, is this yeah. something about these match day one games where maybe there's yeah. this combination of yes, you have all this prep depending on the type of team you are uh, going into this tournament, um, and and you have this moment where it's it's the first game of the group stage, maybe you're still ironing out some things or getting, getting your, your, your bubble guts in order, you know, before yeah. you're stepping out <laughs> on the pitch, because we saw some things from both of these sides where I'm, I'm sorry, but I, I, I there was a moment in time where I was thinking that this was going to be a bit of a blowout game, like no defense, all vibes, like we're going to see some goals here and it ends up closing out in a one zero mm-hmm. scoreline for me very early on. The first thing I was looking at with Mexico here was absolutely their body language, how they were, uh, you know, sort of interacting with each other on the pitch. And mm-hmm. I got to say in the opening five minutes, I did not like what I saw even from yeah. the sideline as well. Yeah. I thought there was some apprehension from the coaching staff. I think there was some doubt, quite frankly, in the plan that they brought to Jamaica as well. I mean, and we see now it was there was sort of lack of tactics, quite frankly, yeah. within this. Yeah. I think when we're also taking it off of the pitch and going towards the sideline and looking at Donaldson versus Vergara, mm-hmm. Donaldson absolutely came correct with the game plan for Jamaica. We saw Mexico's midfield not make an impact in this game. We saw somebody like Maria Sanchez getting marked endlessly, relentlessly Mm -hmm. during this game. We're talking double multi-teamed. Which was the correct thing to do, right? Like eliminating Mexico's midfield and then mark up on arguably their best player in Maria Sanchez, right? Smart, 100%. So I like just watching this unfold and then sort of seeing the lack of adjustment, quite frankly, mm-hmm. from uh, from Vergara and the coaching staff, it just didn't resonate well with me. And as someone who's been following this team for a long time, yeah. someone who has been a is, you know growing up Mexican American in this country and 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 rooting for for Mexico on both sides of the ball, just seeing it, I'm just like, geez, it's not 
it's not there for me. And we ended up seeing it, although the team, it sort of felt like they played their, themselves into the game at moments during mm-hmm. stretches, not enough there to actually steal the momentum and say, we're taking control of this game. Yeah. And when you have a good game plan, when you've got a good goalkeeper, when you've got a good striker, turns out that's enough to maybe get you through the game. And Bunny Shaw connected on the very good opportunity that came for Reggae Girls, and it was all they needed for that night. And they mm-hmm. are sitting pretty in the group right now. It's where you want to yeah. be, one or two. I Can I just add one more thing before we go to the next game? I liked Ovaye coming in. Yeah. I thought she was really effective. Um, I can't remember who she came in for, um, but changed a little bit of the game for Mexico. And I have to say, Lauren Donaldson, you guys, coached me when I was <laughs> – nine years and 10 years old in Colorado. (laughs) And it is so cool seeing him on the sideline. You know, he's been with this Jamaican squad in it on and off, but um, this is, he cares so much for his players and he's coached a lot of, you know, he coached Janine Becky, Mallory Pugh players um, with Real Colorado, Sophia Smith, but seeing him on the sideline managing an entire group, it, it just like makes me proud of him because he deserves that. He's been such an influential coach for so many years, not only um, youth-wise, but professional-wise on the men's side and the Colorado Foxes. And now he gets to do it for the Jamaican That's so cool. team. It's yeah. so cool. It's so cool. Thanks I'm for sharing that. I love hearing that. <laughs> yeah. Love to see it. Yeah. Love to see it. Shout out to Donaldson doing good yes. work with the reggae girls. Group B results. Let's talk a little bit about Costa Rica against Panama. Costa Rica taking this one 3-0 against Panama. We've got goals from Rocky Rodriguez, Maria Salas, Catherine Alvarado. Penalty there. We, we saw more VAR continuing in this uh, in, in Group B. Uh, t- tell us a little bit about your thoughts on Costa Rica and Panama, Jordan. Um, you know, Costa Rica looked like they knew what they wanted yeah. from the get-go. You know, capitalizing on an early set piece, um, Panama's defensive structure on set pieces is mm. suspect, and I think they're going to have to change that because – Right before that Costa Rica goal, I, I said there's there's space at the back post. If they can play this ball in this man-to-man system defensively on these set pieces, there's going to be an opportunity opportunity for Costa Rica. Um, and sure enough, Rocky Rodriguez um, scores a brilliant goal. Uh, I I liked a lot of what I saw from Costa Rica, and I think it's a lot of the same. You know, you you have Rodriguez and Alvarado there centrally. Um, them going forward. I'm trying to get to my notes to see there, you know, I have a few games at a time. So all all of these, um, it's really hard to keep it all straight. I, I Panama's organization had shaky moments, Mm -hmm. right? Like, and even Costa Rica, not necessarily capitalizing on all of those moments that they uh, had space in front of the goal or space in behind or or time on the ball. They, they played almost down to Panama in in moments in terms of speed of play and, and kind of pushing in the attack. Cause this one could have easily been five, nothing. I think that's what I mean when I say, well, we're watching that a little bit from these first opening games, right. When I was talking about like, maybe it's something about that match day one energy where you're just, you want to get, yes, 
you had every eight teams going on here wanting to get the win in, in their in their first yeah. game. But there's still some of these players and some of these teams are are still getting adjusted to playing with each other. You're well, ironing out your tactics for the first time within this extremely competitive environment. You know, I, listen, a three zero scoreline is is nothing to you know to sort of brush off. But you, we do wonder in some of these games, and even with this one in Costa Rica and Panama, if we wonder if maybe things were a little bit more sharper, you know, the finishing was a little bit more crisp. Like if this would have ended in even a bigger scoreline for Costa Rica. Yeah. I think honestly, you guys, my favorite part of this game was, I, I don't know if you caught the national anthems and the Panama players. Yeah. It was, they were um, very emotional. Marta Cox was yeah. in tears. Oh yeah. The, yeah. the head coach Ignacio Quintana looked like he was about to cry. Um, so that's, I think speaks to what you're saying, Sandra is like, there is a lot of really difficult emotions and energy yeah. that these players are having to capture and then go play a soccer game. Yep. That really is important. Yeah. Moments them. later, moments, moments later, after later. this incredibly emotional minute of standing on the pitch for uh, surrounded by your teammates, thinking yes. about how you went through qualifiers and won your group. And now mm -hmm. you're at this pivotal moment where this could change everything for that nation, right? Like if yeah. they, they get a ticket. And, and Panama was really the darlings, you know, I know Jamaica made it to the, the World Cup, but they were the darlings, yeah, yeah of the 2018 um, uh, qualifiers, the championship. And a lot of that was Yenneth Bailey in goal, who I, I think what was difficult in this one for Yenneth Bailey is her team was sitting so low and mm -hmm. there was less room and less room for her to make a decision on shots that were happening. I think when before in that last tournament, we saw shots coming from a little bit farther out so she could manage her footwork and get to the place where she could make a save. But there, there's nothing. I mean, that first one, she could have maybe done a little bit better, but the Salas goal, it was a beautiful placed goal. And then the penalty was really well taken by Alvarado. Um, but you see this Panama team and you see how they can be effective in attack. And a lot of it is right around Marta Cox because she is such a interesting player. She gets into situations and takes the ball out of situations that you're like, you need the replay to know like what just actually happened. <laughs> and now with the in inclusion of Sedeno up top, who um, really was active in pressing the back line, put, you know, Panama came out hot, high pressing um, for those first 10 minutes. And um I think a few more subs would have helped them throughout the game to be able to sustain that pressure that they had early on. But you can see where they're going to get goals through Sedeno and through Cox going forward because those two in transition have a really good feel for one another. Yeah, let's talk about this. Um, let's transition to this to this final game because I think when we're looking at Costa Rica and, and Panama, I think we still we still saw some of that that and that that match day one energy. And I love that you pointed out the 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 big moments with with the anthem. Mm -hmm. Maybe they will look a little bit more settled in match day two, uh, and not even just more settled, but having more information in front of them to sort of utilize and 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 execute their okay. game plan. Uh, in match day two. So to sort of close out group B, because we absolutely have to get your thoughts on this game. I thought I saw some similar trends here in this match. When we're looking at Canada winning 6-0 over Trinidad and Tobago. 
another team maybe similar to the United States going into this tournament with a lot of narrative around them. Mm-hmm. Ob- Olympic gold medal is coming out of the Olympic, uh, the Tokyo games there. Uh, they're playing some of their best soccer right now, quite frankly. They're yeah. this Canadian national team. They've got players who are playing and putting together strong performances with their clubs right now as well and making sure that it all comes together on the pitch. Uh, and Sinclair getting the breakthrough, needing getting that first goal for this team. But we were wondering, at least for me, I was watching this game and saying, okay, 19th minute here. Here we go. They're going to start racking them up, but they still needed a little time to, to get going. I mean, Tell me your thoughts on this game, Jordan. Well, you go first, Lisa. You're about to well, say something. I just want to say, you mentioned Christine Sinclair in the 19th <laughs> minute, Sandra. I, seeing the starting lineup, I was like, Christine Sinclair, she hasn't practiced <laughs> with Canada in, in weeks, dealing with a bit of a knock. I was very shocked to see Sinclair get the start. And then I, I knew, I was like, well, it's Christine Sinclair. It's like, Christine Sinclair. Gonna, yeah. She'll be fine. And of course yeah. she gets the opening goal. Yeah. 39 years old. She was like, like, that's, that's exactly why no I'm here. Deal, guys. Like, <laughs> she said, that's yeah. why I'm here. I'm going to just, just remind you casually why I'm here as the, as the reigning goal scorer, international yeah. goal scorer. Yeah. 312 for the uh, moose goat that I've been referring to her. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> um she is gosh she's one of those players where I'm just gonna feel so happy that we got to see her play through her prime you know because people are gonna be talking about Christine Sinclair forever um I was more intrigued with Trinidad and Tobago in this game which Kerwin Jones took took over last year this this team who um has been a part of uh these championship tournaments for a long time uh have have not been very successful and through Gosh, what, 60 minutes? Yeah. They looked really good. And they, he, there was an um, interview right before the game and with Jones, and he was asked about the mentality of his team. And in, you know, a Trinidad and Tobago fashion, he's like, we're just really positive. We're positive about who we are. And we know that no matter who we're playing, you know, there was a mention of Canada being the Olympic champions and sixth in the world. And he's like, we're going to prepare the same way for Canada as we do for every other Mm -hmm. team. And you could see that this team has some belief in themselves Mm -hmm. that they came into this tournament um, knowing that they can, they've started to turn a little bit of who I think who they think of themselves as that they can go in and compete with the best. And um, you know, it was, there was a defensive block. I think this was the tightest defensive block that we saw. And this is the most difficult thing to break down in football. That's why we see it against the best teams in the world. And Canada is one of the best teams in the world right now. And so now they're going to have to figure out a way to execute a little bit better in those moments. And what I think they did is they just wore Trinidad down. And I think people are going to be frustrated that they didn't score goals earlier But the benefit of the way that Canada is playing right now is they're passing the ball and Trinidad and Tobago were just chasing and chasing and moving and pressing. pressing. They were expanding, you know, expending a lot of energy. And then when you get the hockey line change. Yes. (laughs) And all fresh legs for Canada. There were substitutions made for Trinidad, but a little bit, you know, sporadically through that second half. 
um, it was like those subs hit and yeah. I've watched Julia Grosso play for a long time called a lot of her games at university of Texas. And she has been a player that I, you know, I'm like, this girl is going to be a difference maker and pretty cool for her to not just get mm-hmm. her first international goal, but her second goal, but the way she came in and completely changed the structure of the midfield, right. In that she was more of an eight role where, Scott sits and holds and um, doesn't want to go forward very much. They had the freedom to be able to do that because of this low block. And I thought she was fantastic on the ball. I thought she helped keep pressure on Trinidad and gets a couple of goals and is a part of a really fun sequence. I think one of the best goals we're going to see with that little flick from Heidema to her. This was a really fun game. And I like that you started with Trinidad and Tobago because now that you've seen in group B specifically, you mm-hmm. saw um, Panama, you saw Costa Rica, you you got to see Canada against Trinidad and Tobago. When we look ahead with Trinidad and Tobago against Costa Rica, Panama against Canada, um, what are your thoughts on this Trinidad, Tobago and Costa Rica match? Do you think that it'll be a little bit closer than maybe yeah. people thought a month ago? I do think so. I think it might be closer than the game against Panama. Uh, the the question I have, and we didn't get to see this very much from Trinidad because of the way that they were just playing so defensively, is who who's going to score the goals, right? How yeah. are they going to get out and through the midfield? Because um, we didn't see Forbes on the ball very much or Ralph or James. And I think that Austin um, has the ability to be a really good front runner for them. But how does that look? Or maybe maybe they weren't playing their best front runners, knowing that, okay, we're not going to get a ton of chances. We're going to defend at first. And they bring in Sarant, who's this young um, player in her first cap, but has some collegiate experience. I, I'm not sure who's going to be the goal scorer for Trinidad and Tobago, but I do think that they could they could be the, the team that we're talking about this tournament just because mentally – they seem to be on a different level than these other teams that we're, we're talking about, like Panama. 100%. I'm just like nodding my head listening to you guys talk all about this. We're getting <laughs> I just in like, chat are like, we love Jordan's insight. Yes, Jordan and Angelique, she's the best. So thank Thanks, you, Jordan. Guys. This is amazing. Yes, no, I just, looking at, looking at, I just, my, I guess my final thought on, on Canada, Trinidad, Tobago. It's just, there was this moment in, in the end of the game and, and, Please forgive me because the name is failing me right now. But there's typically player interviews that sort of come up after this match. Mm-hmm. And I caught the sort of ending, like mid to end of the the player for Trinidad and Tobago. And listening to her talk about the team and their performance, I loved how honest mm-hmm. it was. There was mm-hmm. a moment within this exit interview where it was just like, you know, only it was a great 60 minute performance from us calling it out, talking about how they needed to capitalize on A, B and C. So I am a little bit curious as to what this team is going to look like in their second match. Yeah. Uh, and I'm eager to sort of see the adjustments that they make, if any, what they look like. And, and quite frankly, maybe even a breakthrough uh, on goal. So we'll, yeah. we'll yeah. see what that looks like uh, for them moving forward. But we've got it's a, we've got match day one in the books. Yes. It's done eight teams. For him. we we have seen gotten a look at each and every uh, program so far for you, uh, for the both of you uh, right now in this moment, as we're looking ahead to match day two, what do you think is the most dangerous team so far in this CONCACAF championship? Most dangerous team. I mean, how can you, how can you not say Canada after the way they performed? Mm-hmm. I think that they have to be, um, 
But I think that this game against Jamaica in the U.S., and I know you guys are going to preview it in a, in a few minutes, I think that that is going to be the best game because we're going to see the most. I do think Jamaica is not going to sit completely in a low block. So there's going to be more soccer played, and we're going to see both teams have to defend one another, and it might be the most intriguing game. I agree with Canada. Yeah, the this is a team that maybe coming into this tournament, I was a little skeptical about how they were going to score goals. I wasn't sure about Christine Sinclair's health um, and and kind of where that was going to come from. And now we saw Grasso getting not one, but two. And that confidence is going to soar for that type of player. But I, I agree with Jamaica because not just against the U.S., but as Jamaica goes throughout this tournament, they've then got Haiti in their last group stage match. And if Jamaica can pick up points, um, they've already got three, right? So they're at the top of the table in this group. But if they can continue to pick up points, even one off the U.S., like that's huge. That is yeah. huge for this Jamaican side. And I think they can do it. We have saw a lot of grit in them. And and I know you mentioned Jamaica and U.S. going to be a good battle. I think Jamaica and Haiti is going to be a really good battle because both of those sides are going to, to want the win in that game, depending mm-hmm. on – it's the last match of the group. So depending on how things have shaken out up until then, then it may yeah. not matter too much, but if there are still stakes on the line, like that's going to mean a lot for both of those sides. 100%. And we're also going to get to see the continuation of VAR in this Ooh. tournament because it made its debut and it made a real big splash <laughs> over the course of these matches that got utilized, utilized in every single game. Yeah, which I think that there were some really good moments of VAR, but I would have to say that handball or that that penalty on Christine Sinclair. No. I, I, where are you guys? Where, I don't, I, I was, uh, she being on the call, she, the ball didn't move and she didn't get touched till well after it. And like, she's not going to get the ball to score. I don't know. So I had was, was issues. That- I had issues trying to be positive in that moment. I mean, they've, <laughs> they've used VAR, right? So that's great. It's not like, okay, we have it and we're not going to use it. We've yes. seen it being used in every single match. So I think that's a great step in the right direction and a real positive, but even looking at the U S game, I believe that should have been a red card against Rosalind Borgia against Kelly O'Hara. It was full cleats down the side of the body. It, it was initially a red card moved back to a yellow card in the Canada match. Um, I agree. I don't think Christine Sinclair got hit on that initial PK. And then there was another one that went to VAR and they didn't call it a foul. And I thought that one was more of a foul than the one that Chris, I, I mean, Becky gets taken out of the box. I was like, the player, I pushed my talk back into my producer and I was like, uh, well, that's a penalty. (laughs) She actually gets, Becky gets stepped on. Whereas Christine Sinclair goes to the ground and I, from what my perspective didn't look like she got hit on. So um, it's a lot. And I'm sure that the the people in the VAR truck have many more angles and more visions and yeah. they have the rule book that they know. And I'm just watching this and I'm like, that's a PK. That's not and a PK. Guys, unfortunately, it's a learning process. And, yeah. Yeah. and it, it stinks that it's happening at this stage where there's a lot on the line. But next year, these people have to be proficient in this. Mm-hmm. And so if they don't get games and have to make these because you best, I hope, I hope they're in there today, looking back at those four games, looking at the things that they went to the monitor on and didn't and saying, all right, we, we did this one correct. Or we, and we didn't and taking some ownership because that's the only way that there's going to be growth in this. And um, you just hope that some of those things as match day two and match day three, and then into the knockout stage come to be that those 
what we, what look like may, potentially mistakes are are not happening anymore. And not just fouls or penalty kicks, but also offside. But honestly, I think that that needs to be something that they start pulling into effect. I think that um, I think that the U.S. was offside on their first goal. I think Alex Morgan was off, but like they didn't look at it. I don't know. So like those are just some certain things that I would also like to see them talk about today. Hopefully in in what they're doing and then in preparation for match day. Yeah. Maybe you need to get Christina Uncle on here. Yeah. I love Christine Uncle. <laughs> We're big fans of Uncle for we sure. Love Christine Uncle. <laughs> I just we just need answers. We need answers. We need answers. <laughs> well, I don't know if she had them herself in the moment, but maybe she's you know had a day or, or so to reflect on it and maybe can give yeah. some more insight for yeah. sure. Uh, but what look efficiency in in, in VAR for yes, sure maybe efficiency in, yeah. in penalty kicks perhaps maybe I don't know efficiency yeah. across the board we'll yeah. see what happens because uh, VAR was the PKs, used, like I'm saying VAR <laughs> was used for these penalty kick moments and then you have these big moments and then some of these were skied or roofed or whatever you want to call them pressure <laughs> yeah. pressure is on in these qualifiers. Yeah, it is. It is for sure. Uh, Jordan, uh, we uh, appreciate all of your insights so much. We're going to, uh, jump into this next portion of the episode and give a preview, but unfortunately you won't be around for us because we're talking about people getting into their meetings and going over things. You've got places to be. So hit me with a prediction really quickly before you leave us. Who do you got in Jamaica and United States? Um, I think it's going to be three to one United States. So you think Jamaica will get on the board? I like that. Oh yeah. Is it going to be a bunny shot goal? Uh, it's going to be Bunny Shaw or Jody Brown oh, after yeah. Bunny Shaw dishes her. Bunny Shaw is just going to be surrounded by yep. people. And oh, she's yeah. just going to be like, here, take it, Jody. Yep. <laughs> Smart. I like that. I like the energy. We're going to keep that energy Thanks, going into this, into this next portion of the episode. Thank you so much, Jordan. Listen to her on the call for the CONCACAF W Championship on Paramount+. Plus. We'll be back with a preview of Jamaica and United States after a quick break. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. We are back to preview Jamaica and the United States. But first, another reminder for you all, if you're just joining us or if you hopped on late, shout out to Jordan Angeli. She joined us. We were so grateful to have her. But if you're just joining us, I want to let you know that we are nominated for the best female hosted podcast category in the People's Choice Podcast Awards. We appreciate everything you all do for us, and we truly hope you enjoy our show enough to nominate us to advance into the final round. To nominate Attacking Third, go to podcastawards.com slash app slash sign up and then toggle down to the female hosted podcast category. And go ahead and vote for us. The whole process takes less than a minute. And we've included the link at the top of this episode description as well. Lisa, we got to talk about 
reggae girls. We got to talk about the gals. We got to talk about United States versus Jamaica. This one's going to be kicking off on Thursday, July 7th at 7 p.m. Eastern on Paramount+. Plus. What are we going to see? We know we're not going to see Megan Rapino unavailable for this one. Well, are we going to see a different starting lineup change in tactic in, in the tactics for the United States? What are we going to see, Lisa? Yeah, I think Megan Rapino not being there is, is a big one, although she I would never expect her to get the start in this match. Um, she is being awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom at the White House on July 7th. So she's missing this match and coming back and I think not having her in the locker room um, pregame, potentially at training today. I'm not sure her flight schedule, um, but not having her in the training room, not having her on the bench, not having her in the locker room at halftime. I think that is an adjustment, right? That's why Vlachowanonofsky brought Rapino is for those off the field moments and, and coaching. Um, when we look at starting lineups for the U.S., I expect we'll see a little bit of rotation. I'm not entirely sure how much, but I expect we'll see a little bit of rotation. As as we just talked about with Jordan Angeli, this Jamaican side is uh, they're coming off of a win. So, right, they've got incredibly high confidence going into this match against the U.S. They've got a goal from Bunny Shaw, three points over Mexico, um, the host country in this tournament. And, and this is a, a Jamaican side that really wants to take points off the U.S. Now, um, I, I'm... I think Jamaica is going to go for the win, but in, in the back of their minds, it's like, let's get a tie. Let's get one point off the U.S. So in terms of that, I think Vlako Adonofsky has to be aware of what he's going up against in this Jamaican side, especially after what they saw from Haiti, a team that got good looks, got chances. So uh, Casey Murphy, I imagine, will stay in goal considering how well she did against that Haiti side, making it really big saves um, on a breakaway against Haiti. She had an incredible save and then the penalty kick going off the post um, in, in the back line, not entirely sure how much rotation we'll see there. But I think when we look at the front line, Sophia Smith got the start against Haiti. It was Smith, Alex Morgan and Mallory Pugh. And Smith was dealing with a bit of a knock. Oh, she, yeah. had, she had her leg wrapped up. She wasn't running at 100%. She wasn't giving yeah. 100% due to that injury. And I'm not knocking her by any means. And, and that's what you have to do as a player. If you can't no, run. I mean, we all, everyone, run. Right. <laughs> you know, so we're, I, we're looking at the players and where we see them wrapped up. <laughs> exactly. And I, th I think we could see rotation there in that front line, especially after Vlachowanonofsky rotated in Margaret Purse. And she was ultimately able to get a goal, two goals, but one of them called back due to offside, uh, but get a second goal that actually counted in this match against Haiti. So the rotation there was a positive one for Vlachowanonofsky. So I don't think we'll see Sophia Smith start. Um, this could be a rest game for her in terms of her injury. Of course, it depends on how training has been the last two yeah. days and how her recovery has been. But um, I could see that rotation happening as well in, in the front line. Yeah, I don't. I, I do wonder. You know, I do wonder if this is the game where we see Trinity Rodman get a start. I, I don't know if she's going to get a start or mm. just a, a full 45 minutes. I don't think she'll get a start. I think yeah, we'll see is, her, but I don't think she'll get a start. Yeah, this, this is a player that, you know, they, they brought up into national team camps and, you know, her time with the team in 2022 has been very limited. And she's a very exciting player on the pitch a very very talented player someone who could absolutely create a bunch of chaos for the opposition if, if they allow it to happen uh but the whole idea and concept around trinity rodman and bringing her up uh into the squad the coaching staff has uh, said that they wanted to bring her and integrate her in slowly and this roster heading into the Concacaf championship 
was really shaped a, a bit by due to injury, you know, players out on maternity leave. Vlad Gondonovsky has pretty much, you know, confirmed that within some media availabilities that, yeah, things like long-standing injuries, players out of maternity, that has helped shape this roster going into this tournament. Uh, and here we are, we see a young player like Trinity Rodman. So I do think she'll see time in this match. I just don't know if it's going to be a start, but that is an option for this team, you know, quite frankly, as we look at, uh, you, you know, the, the matchup against Jamaica. But it's not just Sophia Smith that I'm keeping an eye on, Lisa. I mean, we have so, to talk about wanna- Lindsay Moran. I want to jump in before you jump to the midfield. We're getting questions in our chat right now. Why okay. won't she get a start? Do you think? Um, Sorry, for me, I excuse me. What was the question? That you cut out for me. No, that's okay. So Kathleen uh, Clavin here. She asked, "Why won't she get a start? Do you think?" Because that's what we're saying. Um, and and I appreciate these questions because. I don't think Trinity Rodman will get a start personally because of the lack of experience that this player has um, in playing in these types of tournaments and playing internationally. Um, although she can make a difference and also and oftentimes that 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 nativity can help a player in this situation. Going up against this Jamaican side um, in this type of environment in Mexico, I don't think you just give a player like that the start. And yeah. coming off the bench is the best way to ease someone like Rodman into a game. And and that could be 45 minutes, right? Like getting her in right at the half um, and, and finishing out the game once she can kind of assess how things are going. And Rodman's also an incredibly um, dynamic quick and creative player that if she can watch the game for a few minutes, 45 minutes, see where the spaces are, um, have the opponents also be tired out a little bit in this Jamaican side, which is what we could see if the U S really moves the ball around. Rodman will be much more of a threat if she comes in at the 60 minute mark or or in the second half. That's my perspective on the situation. I think that as purse got, got minutes, maybe she would get the start in the situation over someone like Rodman. And then Rodman would be rotated in. Yeah, I'm in agreement. I, I essentially just sort of repeat what I already said in that, you know, yeah. Rodman's inclusion in this roster and with, with this team, quite frankly, in 2022 was always meant to be a sort of slow integration. But unfortunately, yes. injury, maternity leave have sort of expedited that process for this team. You have she's a very talented player and you cannot say that the you know reigning rookie of the year a player who is who is so great in the attack when given the opportunity that sort of forced the coaching staff's hand to sort of you know ensure that she was part of this roster uh mm-hmm. and no stranger to rotation even within the game uh we've seen him make the halftime sub so could she get a full 45 it's possible i wouldn't be surprised if we did see that depending on how this game is going um, mm-hmm. but I, I think Elise is correct in that it's a little bit more likely to maybe at the hour mark where they sort of gauge where the yeah, game is yeah. at, at that point. But again, an option for the, the, the forward core, um, if they're, if they need to maybe make an adjustment, I mean, do we see Alex Morgan go as long in this match as she did against Haiti? She had a great performance there. I'm, I'm not sure. Is this the game that we see Ashley Hatch introduced into the tournament? There's a number of things here that we're keeping an eye on. And as I was alluding to before, probably before we answer this question specifically about Rodman, talking about Sophia Smith and, and perhaps sort of the rap that we're noticing around her her leg in, in that first game, maybe perhaps impacting her speed a bit on the pitch. We're also looking at a player like Lindsay Horan and very key player for this team going in to this tournament. But this is a player 
who has had limited ability due to the sort of ongoing injury that she's been carrying for a little while. We saw her sort of navigate this injury with the national team. Quite frankly, she got pulled out of a prior camp due to this interesting, hey, don't need to be here right now. We're going to ensure that she gets a little bit of extra rest, but also playing with Leon on this, uh, mm-hmm. on this, on this bad uh, lower leg injury. We saw her all wrapped up during the uh, champions league title game, which she had an outstanding performance and the team ended up uh, becoming champions league title holders uh, and also uh, French league winners as well. Uh, but here we are with Lindsay Huron, who's become this very integral part of the midfield and has been referred to as possibly, you know, another option in the six for this team because they are limited in options in that role. We saw her struggle a bit as well as, as Sophia Smith. I mean, we know how impactful these players are when they're just a little bit more healthy. But unfortunately, uh, these injuries have sort of followed the team a little bit into this tournament. And I, I am 100% curious as to how this midfield is going to look against a Jamaica side that completely negated Mexico's midfield. They just absolutely made them obsolete. So what are we going to see in this middle third? Uh, so I agree with the the looks on Haran, um, considering the minutes that she got in the match against Haiti and then Ashley Sanchez coming in and, and offering a lot of uh, versatility in that midfield. Um, I would love to see Ashley Sanchez get the start in this match for Vlako Andonovsky. I'm, I'm not entirely sure that that would happen um, because so much of this, you have to look at your competition and looking at Jamaica, um, they could they could do a lot of damage in the midfield or, or frankly skipping over the midfield. And in terms of leadership and been there before and understand these types of situation, Haran has that upper hand over a player like Sanchez in the midfield. Yeah. And, and maybe playing it safe. I don't, I don't want to say those terms, but it, it, to have someone on the pitch that can be your captain, be your leader in the midfield, understanding, being able to communicate with all players on the pitch, purely based on location on the pitch, being in the middle of the field, Haran can do that. Whereas if, if Becky Sauron's in the back line, yes, she can also assess and make those adjustments, but it's a lot harder for her to communicate that to the front three when she's sitting in the back line. So then it becomes a bit of whisper down the lane and, and talking on the pitch in those in-game adjustments. Whereas Haran, she can do that in the middle of the field. Um, but but also I think we have to be really cautious about how Lindsay Horan's injury is and and looking ahead to once they get out of the group stage for the US, they they're gonna need Lindsay Horan. So do yeah. you rest her in moments like this? Um, I'm, I'm not sure. I think yeah. getting giving Ashley Sanchez the start would be fine. And and the midfield will be able to my, hold it down. My other, my, like other, my other question to that is, do, do you continue to put those minutes on an Andy Sullivan? I mean, this is also a player that has, is dealing with a lower body injury. So I don't think her, um, Andy Sullivan gave us as many miles. And now I don't know. I'm not looking at their trackers and their GPS, yeah, yeah. but I don't think she put in as many miles in that match against Haiti as someone like Lindsay Horan did, just purely based on how the game unfolded, right? Um, yes, there was moments of back and forth, but yeah. Sullivan really sat back. She really sat right in front of Cook and Sauerbrunn. She wasn't pushing up. There, there wasn't that much movement into the attacking end for Sullivan. And maybe that was due to the injury that she had or the fact that that Haiti could counter yeah. and transition very quickly. Um, but 
yeah, I mean, these are all things that need to be taken into account. And that's why they have, that's why they wear the trackers so they can adjust that. So they can um, have two days of rest in between. And I think a lot of this, a lot of the rotation we're going to see for the U.S. is not going to just be purely based on performance, but also how healthy players are, yeah. um, how many minutes they got right. Like you mentioned, Alex Morgan, she got 90 plus minutes in the last match. Yeah. I don't think we'll see her get 90 again. However, if she's hot and she is feeling great the last two days of training, even heading into the match day tomorrow, if she is looking, feeling good, maybe she will. Um, a, a lot of it has to come down to like player body and minute management. I do. Yeah, I do think it depends on the choice that they're going to make. I think if they want to ask Alex Morgan, okay, give us 45, which one are you giving to her? Are you giving it to her to start this game? Are you giving it to her to close out this game? They they got a 3-0 scoreline against Haiti. And a, a big part of what that happened is because Alex Morgan had the performance that she had. Uh, but maybe some of that, you know, the, the whole concept of, needing a little bit of more extra time to sort of unlock what the opposition is presenting to the United States. Is this maybe the game where we see the return of that, where maybe because of the adjustments that are going to come into play, perhaps we're going to see players needing a little bit extra time to sort of see what Jamaica is presenting them and try to unlock things. And maybe we don't see the goal coming in this one as quick as we did in Haiti. I agree because you have to have that time to unlock and, and you pose a, possibly rhetorical question. Do you get, if you ask Alex Morgan, you get 45, the first 45 or the second 45, I'd give her the first 45 minutes. Um, as a, as a veteran player, we know she's on a hot streak right now. She's coming off of a brace against Haiti. Um, she can read the game very well. She understands how to play with the different personnel on the pitch. We've seen that in, in the various rotations, um, whether it was purse coming in Smith and Pew up top or Mewis in the midfield or Haran and Lavelle in the midfield, Sanchez in the midfield, Morgan can still play and adjust her game to contribute on the pitch. So I, as a coach, I would give Alex Morgan the start. If she's only getting 45, give her the first 45, allow her to unlock the other opponent allow her to try various creative ways to get in the box, to unlock that box, to work with her opponents. And that allows other forwards, perhaps on the bench to be able to watch, see what's working, see not see what's not working. I mean, as a player that comes in off the bench, you have an advantage because you've been watching from the sidelines. You've seen the full space. You've seen what the player in your position that you're going in has already yeah. tried what's worked, what hasn't worked. You, you're also listening to your head coach, talking with the assistants, talking with the bench, rewatching film. You can rewatch something yeah. as a player on the bench. It's a huge advantage. So if I'm Ashley Hatch, I'm sitting there and I'm going to the technical team and saying, hey, give me that iPad. I want to go back and look at this play and the movement that Morgan did off the ball to create that space. And, and that's a huge learning opportunity for Ashley Hatch. So I give Morgan the start and then rotate players in off of that. I do wonder if this is going to be, if this game against Jamaica is going to be the Washington spirit game. We're talking a ton of players on the national team. Yeah. Who represent the spirit. And I do, I just wonder if this is the game where we're going to want to see players who have as much familiarity with each other as possible to continue to carry this momentum for this United States women's national team. And perhaps you do that, by playing the collective of players that have all of that familiarity with each other. I, it is something I'm curious about. I do wonder if we'll see it. Um, I do wonder if that also means somebody like an Emily Sonnet that you slot her into that back line because we were looking at things at that back line 
against Haiti, looking like they got beat a few times. Yeah. Struggling with some, you know, some areas where they had to mark. Uh, and I'm wondering if, you know, if, if there's going to be some adjustments there I, uh, as well. I could see the adjustments. I don't know. I would love to see Sana in the center back. And, and I doubt that's going to happen. So if there are adjustments, I could see it being uh, Naomi Gurma coming in for Alana Cook in that back line. So it would be Fox... Uh, Gurma, Sauerbrunn, and then um, O'Hara, right? We haven't even talked about her. How is she dealing with her injury? She got yeah. cleated to the ribs, to the, yeah. the abdomen, um, had a bit of a bruise we saw during the game and scratches. Is she, how is she doing? Can she play? If not, I think Huerta will be in there. So that yeah. one, between O'Hara and Huerta, um, I think it's a pretty – even trade-off in terms of of play because O'Hara has the experience, but where to offer something a little bit different on the pitch. So that this one comes down to health. And if O'Hara is dealing with a little bit of something, I think where to will get the start. I think I think that's fair. I, I mean, I'm, that's what I'm going to be looking for as well. I thought Huerta's inclusion into that match against Haiti was, was pretty good. I liked I liked the substitutions that took place in against Haiti. I thought that they provided something else for the team uh, off the bench. Uh, but but we'll see. I think there's a lot to keep an eye on here in this one. I'm I'm curious as to what the injuries, how they're going to continue to shape the team moving forward. Um, and that's just how it's going to be. This is this is the roster. This is the team that's here. In this tournament, it's it's these are the players that the coaching has that the coaching staff has to choose from. Quite frankly, I just I just don't I don't think we're going to get any sort of in-depth um, sort of feedback or information or updates on player injuries. I mean, if, if the Olympics are anything to go off of, all of that stuff's going to come out afterwards. It's not going to happen while the tournament mm -hmm. is in play. There are players who came to this this competition carrying injuries they still are carrying those same injuries and whether they are getting better or getting worse that is not going to be said until after this tournament is done that's just how the the international uh competition sort of work it's like when you hear let's say when you watch stanley cup and you realize that a player was playing on like a broken leg the entire time and it doesn't you don't know that until after everything is done so it's just uh it's just something that we're sort of athletes keeping an eye are, on athletes are so incredible uh but also we have to remember that there are there's a knockout round for this and yeah and so I'm sure that's at, something they're going to be, you know, you have to look at Canada so. and, and how they are coming off of a huge win. You have to look at Costa Rica, other teams in Group B, and and it's a long game. You have to; it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Yep. Um, we'll see. We'll kind of see how this all unfolds. We'll keep our eye on it. Thanks everybody so much for listening to our preview and joining us on attacking third live. We appreciate you all so much for being here. Thanks for being here. Nominate us for the best female hosted podcast on the people's choice award. You can vote for attacking third at podcastawards.com. We're on Apple podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your shows. We're also available as video. Subscribe to us at youtube.com slash attacking third we'll be back covering the CONCACAF W championship in-depth all tournament long with in-depth previews and live U.S. women's national team recaps for Sandra and Lisa Roman this was attacking third